0: Welcome to today's episode. This topic has been requested by you. Well, maybe not you specifically, but you generally. Just today, I popped a little sticker up on Instagram and I asked the question, what do you want more of? More content in terms of Instagram posts and stories and also, of course, the podcast. And overwhelmingly, I mean, there were a few standouts, but mum life was a big one. And so when I think about mum life, there are so many wonderful things about it and I I feel really lucky to be a mum and I love speaking about it, but there are also lots of things that go along with motherhood that are challenging and tricky and so I sort of started to think about what my top tips would be that I've learned over the last seven years just for myself but also in speaking with so many women, what my top tips would be that could make a positive difference to someone else out there listening. So I have jotted down a list of my top 10 tips, it's a mouthful, for making motherhood a little bit easier. So these tips might not be right for everyone out there but hopefully you'll be able to take something. The biggest thing that I really, really believe, hand on my heart, that makes motherhood easier is having a routine. And I know the word routine can be frowned upon by some people because you hear that word and you instantly think, oh, a routine, that must mean strict structure. It feels it feels restrictive. Just the word routine for some people can feel like it's too regimented. And I have seen that in the wild, (laughs) Um, when I was doing in-home consultations and I would walk in the door and we would have a chat and I would say, okay, you know, let's explore some routine options. Often people would kind of close up and go, oh no, I don't wanna be that mom. I don't wanna be the mom who's on a schedule or I don't wanna be that person. But when we dig a little deeper and I would reframe it, rather than trying to, I guess, sell someone on a routine, I would talk about having a rhythm, To your day, because as humans, most of us do have a rhythm to our days. Sure, there is variety. You know, you might wake up at a slightly different time, you might work shift work. There's all sorts of things that are variable, but a lot of us do tend to follow a similar rhythm. You know, we wake up, some people jump straight in the shower, then you'll make a coffee, then da-da-da-da-da, and so on and so forth. And it's the same when you become a mum. You have a rhythm to your day. It might not be effective. Like you might not feel like it's working, but you will have fallen into some sort of rhythm, some sort of order of habits, I guess. And so when I notice, I noticed that when I changed the word routine to rhythm, people seem to be more open to that concept. The other thing when it comes to routine and rhythm that I really, really want to stress for parents is When you have a routine and rhythm, it actually can provide you with a broader sense of freedom. And I know that sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, you know, a routine giving you freedom, but it's so true. So many people who have established a routine then go on to find that they do feel a better sense of freedom because it allows them to actually get the things into their day That are important to them or to create windows of time to have space and to have that sense of freedom. You know, everything does change when you become a parent and freedom looks completely different. You know, once you have little ones that are dependent upon you. To how freedom looked before that, and so that's why it is my number one tip because I think if you establish a age-appropriate and effective routine and rhythm, routine or rhythm, whatever floats your boat, and you create that time and space and sense of freedom, and also it kind of just gives you a sense of predictability. And it's not always going to go like that; like the chips are not always going to fall in your favor. You'll have plenty of days where it goes completely out the window, but. If, you know, four out of seven or five or six out of seven days a week, you can look down the barrel of your day and know, okay, I am going to get a chance to go to the shower. I'm going to get a chance to reconnect with a friend at that time. I'm going to have an end to my day. Having an end to your day as a parent is so important. And what I mean by that is an end to your day parenting by knowing that, okay, at 6.37, whatever the time is, you're going to actually be able to transition out. I mean, you're always, you're never off the clock, let's be honest, but you're at least going to know with some reliability, okay, I'm going to get a chance to take this parent hat off and I'm going to be able to watch something on TV or read a book or connect with my partner so important having that rhythm and that structure really can add such a such a nice sense of freedom even though it sounds counterintuitive with this point as well i would say that sleep falls under this having a healthy sleep routine for your whole family is critical to making mum life easier in my opinion because you know we can we cannot put the horse before the cart. If we're not sleeping well, everything else in our life is so compromised. It just becomes fractured. Sleep is one of the biggest pillars of health and wellness, and it just doesn't get near enough attention. And so you might not be comfortable introducing, you know, strict sleep training for your little ones. And I totally get that. Like I could never do the cry it out with my two boys. I just couldn't. Of course there were times when I was help, when I was teaching them to sleep that there were protests but I would always stay with them. And so that's why we have the kind parenting online programs. So if you're not across those, jump over and have a look at the kpc. It is the kindparentingcompany.com. We have online programs for baby and toddler sleep as well as toddler behavior and it's a real combination of kind parenting techniques mixed with evidence-based practices. We also have a forum that is managed by a wonderful diploma-trained childhood expert. We There's so much with the KPC. I won't bang on about it. But if you're struggling to get your baby or toddler to sleep, check it out. So many parents that we have spoken to over the years, and I'm talking thousands and thousands, will come to us and say, I've been doing X, Y, Z because it's the only thing that works. And I think that's a term that so many of us fall into and not just when it comes to our babies and sleep, it can be health and for relationships and work. You start telling yourself, oh, I'm doing X because it's the only thing that works. But let's get really granular on what it is doing. Is it actually working or is it just getting you through? Because you don't want to be in a place where working means you're getting broken sleep, you're anxious about going to bed, no one's waking up feeling rested. Working is the, you know, the feeling of waking up the next day well rested. Working is you have a bedtime rhythm and routine that you all look forward to and it's not a complete drainer on your day. So just getting really clear and actually, I guess, defining what works for you when it comes to sleep. But that routine and rhythm, so helpful. You know, I can remember even with the boys, just having that structure to my day meant that I could plan things. You know, I could say to my friends, okay, let's meet at this time because the boys will have had their solids and they will have had their sleep and they'll be awake for X amount of hours. And this is a good time. Or I could plan appointments because I was like, okay, I know with a fair, with a high level of predictability that they will then sleep in the car on the way home. And I don't know, it just, it provides that level of certainty um, and control, I guess, in a situation where there are so many things that you can't control. And like I said, not every day is going to go well, but if you can get Majority to go in your in your favor. And the thing is, a routine and rhythm works really well for kids. I'm focusing on mum life because that's what this episode is about. But kids thrive with predictability when they can predict what is coming next, and you can get their little body clocks to be well rested. Oh, it makes such a difference. So that's number one. I think having a routine and rhythm makes mum life significantly easier. And that doesn't mean that you can't have days where you flow. I absolutely encourage that for sure. And it's not always going to be structured. You know, I had, I had a structured routine because I had two babies, but as they got older, you can reduce that structure. It's not a forever solution. It's just to get you through. The other thing that I would add to the rhythm slash routine section is to streamline where possible. I have spoken about this so much over on Instagram and, you know, if this is the one thing that I'm remembered for, I will be very, very happy. But spend time streamlining the next morning the night before. So when I say streamlining, what I mean is spend the 10 minutes of getting organized for the next morning because... When we come up against resistance first thing in the morning, it can kind of just start that downhill motion of everything going to shit. You know, you just feel like everything's hard versus a morning where you wake up and you kind of feel in a flow. You're in the zone. Things are happening with a little more ease. There's less resistance to turn it around. So doing that at the end of the day, I think sets the tone for the next morning, which can then carry on all the way through that day. So if you have little ones, it could look like sterilizing the bottles or um, setting up your feeding station, whatever it is. Maybe it's um, taking... Your children's shoes and getting all of the knots out of them, so that the next morning, their shoelaces. Um, the next morning, you're not fighting the the big messy knots while you're also trying to get out the door on time with a toddler on your hip and a primary school aged kid and a baby. Just any of the things that you can do to make that morning easier, whether it's packing the school lunches the night before, putting your handbag in the car, you know, finding your car keys. All of that stuff makes a difference. So routine, rhythm and streamlining all go under one heading for me. And it's, you know, there's a reason it's my first tip. Number two is to stay in your own lane and mind your own business. Now, what I mean by this is in motherhood, there are so many different ways to do things, you know, and it's very, very easy to feel like you're not doing enough you're not doing it right. You could be doing better. You should be doing more. Um, you know, and that saying there are plenty of ways to skin a cat. What an awful saying, but that just came into my brain because there are so many different ways to raise great humans. There's not one size fits all approach. There are fundamentals I think that are important in terms of getting sleep right, and of course loving and looking after their emotional wellness. But there are lots of different ways to do it. And we all have our own method. You know, we can learn. I definitely encourage people to learn and borrow. But if you are in a space where you're feeling overwhelmed and like you're lacking or you're going into that imposter sort of loop, that imposter syndrome feedback loop, you need to remind yourself to stay in your own lane. Focus on your own backyard, look after your own kids and just focus there. Don't get caught up in, you know, Facebook groups that might make you feel like you're less. And also don't get high and mighty in thinking that your way is the only way. That's the flip side to that coin, that coin when I say stay in your own lane. Number three is your support crew. Be very, very mindful of who is in your support crew, but make sure you have one. I love the term, the village. We all need our little version of a village when it comes to raising our kids. And it can change. When you have babies, your village might be your mum's group. Perhaps you have a group of women that you connected with when you were pregnant. And for the first six months of your baby's life and your first six months of matrescence, you're really, really connected to these women. And then perhaps as your little one gets older, you might find that your village progresses and maybe you make stronger connections with, um, you know, the parents at daycare or your neighbors or friends and family, like your village can change. But having a village and having a support crew is important. And being really, really discerning about who you lean on for support is key because, you can have people around you that feel or that you think should be your support crew. Like it might be a case of, I've got this family member who's so supportive. They want to help all the time, but I actually end up feeling a little bit shit about myself because maybe, you know, their well-intentioned comments land a little flat with you or you don't feel heard and seen. What I'm trying to say is just be discerning with who you let into your village. It's it's important that you are the authority on who, who you allow to support you and hold space for you. If you're struggling to connect with people in real life, this is when it can be a great idea to find your tribe online and try and find a really really positive space and again I love I love 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 our kind parenting company forums because that's what they're for it's a safe space it's moderated everyone's like-minded to a certain extent and it's a warm welcoming safe zone so you can find them but just be again to use that word for the 50th time discerning number four for making mum life easier is A point that when I wrote it down, even I was like, oh, like this, this is this word and you'll know it's gratitude, right? Gratitude is so good. And we all know that we should be actively participating in practicing more gratitude. We know it's good for us, but it's a bit like when someone says to you, oh, you should meditate (laughs) and you're like, oh, it sounds so, it sounds like wanky or woo woo or far away or like, it's not going to have any tangible results. But let me tell you, practical gratitude as a mum makes such a big difference. Now, for some people, it could be writing out, you know, three things you're grateful for each morning or each night. Like you might want to have that actual practice. But for me, the way that I have found it to be the most impactful is to practice being grateful for little little things throughout the day. It just makes you be more aware when things go in your favor or when something serves you. So things like just going, oh, yes, thank you, universe, for this car park. Or just noticing, oh, yes, thank you, like my little one, you know, rather than, making a mess on the floor when they were having no nappy time. I timed it perfectly and I got a nappy on them and then they had their bowel movement. You know, just actually dialing into the miniature moments, the little mini moments that happen that you can feel grateful for when you are aware of them. And I heard a quote recently, I cannot remember which guest it was on the podcast, but she was sharing a quote with me. Oh my gosh, that's going to drive me insane. I can't remember who it was. Um, but the quote was along the lines of, put your mind where your he- where your hands are. So wherever your hands are, notice what you're doing. And for me, practical gratitude does that. It brings me to the moment just going, oh, I'm really grateful that I have warm water coming from a tap to wash my dishes oh, I'm so grateful that I can stand in the sunshine for a moment and bring the laundry in. You just, I don't know, for me, practical gratitude and noticing the little things and saying it even out loud, if not at the bare minimum to myself in my mind, but saying it out loud, I think is great as well. And then you're modeling gratitude for your, um, your sons and your daughters too, which is important. But having that attitude of gratitude really does shift your perspective. You know, it's like that quote that says replace have to with get to. You know, I have to get up and get my child. Replace the have to with get to. I get to get up and wake my child up or I get to comfort my child instead of I have to comfort my child. It's just empowering you and reminding you, I guess, um, of how much of a gift it actually is. And I say that with, you know, completely full transparency of knowing that there are lots of moments when the last thing you feel like doing is comforting your child maybe, or you don't feel like being grateful for it. I, I've been there too, trust me. But on the days that you can muster the energy to tap into that practical gratitude, you'll notice a overall positive shift and a positive shift makes mumming easier. Number five this is a big one, really, really important. I want you to make motherhood easier to define your own version of balance and also your own version of success. I have done a whole podcast on both of these topics, I think, <laughs> definitely one on balance. And in the podcast on balance, I talk about the fact that the definition of balance includes um, equal or correct Portions. I want you to lean into the correct portions of something for you. So rather than thinking about balance as having every area in your life equally proportioned, think about what the correct portions, correct proportions are for you for this season. So work out your top values, lean into those, let something slide away. Depending on the age of your kids, there are going to be seasons when you cannot do it all. You just can't. And if you do, it's going to drive you batty. So knowing what to let slide and having your own idea of what balance is, I think is really, really critical. And the other thing, success. We all have an idea of what success is, whether it's a conscious or subconscious belief and definition. But if our definition of success is Completely unrealistic for where we are in life, we're going to end up feeling like we're always falling short. So it could be as simple as just identifying that. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, you have this belief, and I'll just use this as an an example, that success is contributing to the community. Maybe you grew up with parents who were really, really involved in the community. Maybe it was through a local church or a charity or politics, whatever. Say you've grown up with that belief, and then you then go into a field where you're contributing to the community as well. Next thing, you find yourself at home with a toddler and a baby or maybe you're still working but you're also mumming, you're, doing, you're trying to keep all the balls in the air but you're feeling unfulfilled. It could be as simple as going, huh, maybe this is because my definition of success is so steeped in contribution to the community and I actually cannot for this season in my life show up in the way that I would deem as successful. So then you feel like you're always falling short. Whereas if you just get really, really clear and go, you know what, for this season in my life, contribution looks like $5 coming out of my bank account to go to a chosen charity. You know, like recalibrating and success is You know, showing up at work or success is just getting through the day and getting these kids through the day. Success could be as simple as nailing, nailing a feed, you know, just even if it's one feed out of all the feeds that day or success is just making it through the day and having light moments and tapping into fun, recalibrate, redefine what success is because otherwise you could end up feeling unfulfilled and miss Miss this sense of fulfillment, this deep soul work of being a mother. It's a lot. So just, yeah, allow yourself to define what balance and success is for you for this season, this stage. Number six, cut yourself some slack. And I put this right under the point about defining success and balance because, you know, we've all heard the saying that just because we can do everything doesn't mean we should. And I so agree with that. Of course, women, we can do anything. We absolutely can. But it doesn't mean that we have to do everything at once. Cut yourself some slack. Mothering, fathering, parenting in general is such a tough job. You know, you don't get You don't get the training for this job. It's all just, it's all so much. It's all consuming. It's 24 7. And yes, it's so rewarding and it's so wonderful. But my gosh, it's so hard at times, you know? So rather than holding yourself to this perfectionism standard, be realistic with yourself. There are going to be days when you just make it through the day. And rather than being hard on yourself because perhaps you were too snappy or you lost it, actually recognize the things that you're doing well. I was thinking about this just the other morning, you know, as I came down the stairs with the kids and I was carrying the linen because I'd stripped our beds and, you know, I throw the linen into the laundry, put a load of, um, turn the dryer on from the night before, get other wet clothes out of the machine. Like I was just doing so many things, like I quickly you know, walk downstairs, stuff in the laundry, head to the kitchen while the laundry's on, I'm getting out the lunch boxes and then I'm getting the lunch happening. And while I'm waiting for toast to cook for breakfast, you know, there's just so many things that I'm doing that I tend to do with, with ease because I've been doing it for a little while now and it's just, you know, second nature. But I don't really stop and think about all of the moving parts and how actually incredible it is that one person can be doing so many things with ease. So what what I'm saying there is you might do one thing through the day that you don't feel good about. You know, maybe you were snappy. Maybe you were on your phone when your kid wanted your attention. Don't beat yourself up over that stuff because you're not actually highlighting the other stuff. It's not a fair comparison. You're not running everything through one system and seeing The actual reality, if that makes sense. If you've really zoomed in or zoomed out, whatever way you frame it, on everything that you do in a day and compared it, you would be blown away with all of the things that you're doing incredibly well. So cut yourself some slack on the days that you feel like you missed it, you know, that you didn't absolutely nail it. And you know, one of my biggest learnings has been no one gets out of childhood without beliefs and without adversity. And there are going to be times when you can't have everything perfect and everything right for your kids. And that's just part of the fabric of their life and your life too. So cut yourself some slack, pat yourself on the shoulder. You're doing a good job. I have no doubts. Number seven, again, keeping in line with the theme of what's realistic for you in any given season of parenting is that it is so important to have ease in motherhood, as e- as much ease as possible, that you're looking after you. And looking after you does mean that you use resources on yourself and one of those resources is time. Now, when your kids are at school, you might have a completely different level of time, that resource available, versus when you have a newborn and a toddler or whatever your dynamic is. But having a look at your actual season and having a realistic plan because it's not realistic. You know, people sometimes that follow along will say to me, oh, it's lucky for you that you get to go to the gym in the middle of the day. Like it's easy for you to say, get get your exercise in. You can do that. You work from home. And I totally agree. I'm the first person to say, hey, you know, don't hold yourself to this standard because if you're not in a similar situation, you're going to feel like you're falling short But it's so important to be realistic for your season. So yes, whilst now that my boys are seven and they go to school and I work from home, I have that freedom. When they were little, I was training in my garage. The only piece of equipment I had was a really um, heavy box that um, was made for me to do jump squats on like a wooden box. I had that and I would use that for jump squats and lunges and I'd use it as a weight I was doing what I could with what I had available. So have a look at your season and what is realistic for you and where can you get time in for yourself. If you have newborn triplets, it's not realistic to say, hey, have an hour a day for yourself. But maybe it is realistic to say, okay, for the third nap of the day or the fourth nap of the day, I'm going to put the three babies in the car and my me time And I know that if you don't have kids, you might be like, this is depressing me time, but your me time could just be putting on a podcast and going through McDonald's and getting a drive through coffee or whatever and just driving or just parking the car and sitting in silence and staring at a tree. Just finding something for yourself that you do that brings you some degree of pleasure it is realistic for the season of life that you are in. So important that we personalize everything and make it tangible and reachable because pie in the sky goals, you know, excuse Lou, my dog, she's growling. Pie in the sky goals can be wonderful, but not when it comes to the basics, you know, like you don't want to aim for 12 hours of sleep right off the bat if you're only getting four hours of sleep. We've got to build up to that. And so be realistic with where you set your sights when it comes to having some time for yourself. One of my favorite visuals, and I know that this quote is absolutely worn to death, but you know, the old, um, you cannot pour from an empty cup. I like to try and frame it as a visual. If you imagine a cup, any kind of cup, whether it's a coffee cup, it's a wine glass, whatever it is, If you fill that cup to the brim and then it starts to overflow, the liquid that is overflowing then begins to reach around the cup. It drips down the side. It starts to spread. And if you kept filling that cup up, the surface area that that liquid is going to reach and spread over increases. Think of self-care and self-love in a similar way. The more that you give to yourself, the more that can overflow out of you, the more love you give yourself, the more that will overflow out of you and increase the reach of the surface area. You will be able to give more to those around you. And again, it's one of those paradoxes. It sounds a bit counterintuitive, like, oh, if I'm giving to myself, then maybe I'm taking resources away from someone else in my family who needs it. But showing up as your best self is the best thing you can do for them because you will be more patient, you will love more, you're role modeling a healthier, um, just a healthier way of being. So yeah, really, really lean into that visual when it comes to that saying that you cannot pour from an empty. All right, tip number eight to making mum life a little bit easier is a practical tip. I want to talk about some of the ways that you can actually add more time back into your day, feel like you're on top of your game, like some real tangible tips. So practical tips. One, think about when it comes to meals and snacks, how you can cook once and eat twice or even three times. So what I mean by that is, can you cook a meal for dinner or whoever in the family's cooking? Have that meal for dinner? Then can you have it for lunch the next day and lunch the day after that? Can you freeze portions? Can you have the same meal two nights or three nights in a row? Just working out ways that you can save time on meal prepping and getting bang for buck. So I love that expression, cook once, eat twice, but we can go eat three, eat four, eat five times. Also when it comes to cooking and prepping, having things on hand that you enjoy and make you feel good because, you know, our nutrition, it's similar to our sleep. It's very similar to our sleep. It's a base need. And if we're not nailing it, if we're falling short in that area and making subpar decisions, we then feel shit and everything feels harder. So, you know, like when you're hungry, when you're stressed, when you're bloated, when you're whatever it is, when you've got a headache because you've eaten crap, Everything feels harder, but when you're feeling satisfied and nourished and you have sustainable energy, things feel easier and it's all, it's all connected. You know, if you eat better, you sleep better. If you sleep better, you'll exercise. If you exercise, you'll be more likely to practice gratitude. If you're more like it's just one big freaking pie chart where it's all connected, more like a flow chart, really. But thinking about what foods make you feel good. And then having them on hand, have snacks, snacks for your kids, snacks for yourself. We always, as mums, leave the house with our children's water bottles full and their snacks good to go. And we think, oh, I'll grab something when I'm out or it's all good. I've got a coffee or, you know, you just live off their crust, literally off (laughs) off the crust of their sandwich. But that doesn't make life better. It makes it harder. So think about having things in the freezer that you can grab. So spending some time doing that bulk cook-up and to go back to point number one, if you have a routine and a rhythm and you know that your little one is likely going to sleep for two hours in the middle of the day, you then might have the chance to do this, you know? So it's all, again interconnected, making a batch of bliss balls, making a batch of muffins, having that in the freezer, whether it's making a massive vegetable frittata. um, I've done podcast episodes before sharing some of my favorite episodes. It's having overnight oats in the fridge, just practically having your nutrition stacked and as taken care of as possible. So you don't need to really think about it throughout the day is really, really helpful. Also having stations, set up for your kids depending on their age and I know that this is something for your kids but sometimes if you have activities planned for your kids it makes your mum life easier. So what I mean by stations is having a designated craft area where you put play-doh out or you put new textures out or a sensory bin but just having things ready to go ahead of time can make such a difference. You know, I have a massive tub of pens and paper and scissors and glue and things like that. And I just, all the boys do it now, they just get the box out and it lives on the bench most of the time. And so they always have something they can go to and access. And similarly, when they were little, you know, I would have sensory kits, like a big container of uncooked rice with little trucks and diggers in it so that if I was feeling a little overwhelmed and like I just needed a chance to actually breathe or whatever it is, have a shower, eat something, go to the toilet, I could just pull that out. So being prepared in terms of having some stations set up for the kids or some supplies can be really, really helpful as well. Now in the same breath, I also think that it's very important to consider letting your kids cultivate the habit of being bored at times one of the things I did with the boys and I'm so glad I did now and this is not to sound like oh I have all the answers because trust me I don't but something that I think has worked really well and again I could talk about all the things that haven't worked well but that that might be for another day um something is that I was mindful of was I didn't want them to become reliant on a phone or a tablet when we were out and about because it didn't feel sustainable. And also because I had two of them, you know, it wasn't easy to just hand over a phone and have them share it. But I truly think that because they never had a tablet and um, I really tried to encourage them to, you know, look out the window and be patient it's, it made such a difference because I could take them to the post office with me. I could take them grocery shopping because they didn't need that constant stimulation. I think that's a big one. It's so easy. And there are times when you just need to rely on technology for sure. But can make things harder if your kids become really dependent on that constant stimulation because then you're always scrambling to get that for them whereas if you allow them to be bored it can make your life easier because you can go out for outings and it's not as stressful and they're not demanding to be entertained all the time. The next one is to have a look at other areas of your life and look at the areas of your life that are important in terms of what you want to balance and think about some systems for managing stress effectively. So what I mean by that is, say you are working, but you're feeling stressed out by work because You have emails coming in and you're dipping in and out of your emails after hours and on the weekends and you're always on the phone to clients or you're trying to build your business and so you're always replying to people on Instagram, whatever it is. It could be boundary. It could be, excuse me, another area of life like your family. Um, But having a look at those areas of life that are important to you because you've included them in the area that you want to balance and thinking about ways to manage any stress that comes from that effectively. So the example about having emails and notifications and replying to people and your boss calling you or clients calling you out of hours, practicing healthy boundaries. You know, And the reason I've put this tip in this list is to make mumming easier. I think A lot of that stems from our mindset and our energy and our attention and our ability to be patient and our ability to be present. And when we have these other stresses in life that are pulling us out, pulling us out of that moment and away from our values, we then get snappy in our values. If you're feeling stressy because of the emails and the workload and the pressure or comments from your family or family commitments or whatever it You might be more snappy in motherhood and then you're not going to feel as much ease. In fact, you'll feel dis-ease. So yeah, what systems can you introduce and what boundaries? I think boundaries is a big one. So maybe it is turning notifications off so that you don't actually receive a little red urgent icon when an email comes in. Maybe it's having a tough conversation with a boss or with clients Maybe it is getting into the habit of putting your phone on flight mode from 7 p.m. and not looking at your phone until after 8 a.m. Systems are a big one, I think, when it comes to instilling healthy boundaries. And these are just things that can make mum life that bit easier. Now, last but not least, again, depending on the age of your kids, one of the ways I think to make motherhood a little easier is to keep in mind that we are there to teach our kids. We're not there to always be their servant. Of course, there are times when we are serving them, quite literally and figuratively, but we don't want to be bending over backwards and doing things and micromanaging and um, what's the word, hovering when they have the ability to do things for themselves. And I will put my hand up in the air, it's up in the air right now and say, there have been times when I have definitely done this. I have over-managed the kids because it's been easier. It's easier for me to tie their shoelaces quickly. It is easier for me to pack the dishwasher. It's easier, blah, 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 blah. like the list goes on and on and on. But I've really really in the last couple of years, realized it is so important that I teach them to contribute because it does make my life easier, but it's also good for them. It's great for them. In fact, there are so many benefits to teaching your kids to contribute in an age appropriate manner. And so if you think that your kids can do something, encourage them, foster that habit. And I think that this will be a podcast all on its own to talk about ways to encourage contribution maybe let me know jump over to Instagram and let me know. but yeah just if your kids can do something let them do something. It might not be perfect at the start <laughs> um, but it will make your life a little easier if you can relax that control a bit. So there are 10 ways that you might find you can lean into some of that advice or guidance there take something from it that could make your mum life that little bit easier definitely jump back through the podcast. Check out the episodes that I've done on balance, also on matrescence. There's some on perfectionism. There are a lot of episodes in the back catalog now. There are over 160 episodes. I think this will be like 167-ish episodes that are all designed to really try and make a positive difference in the life of women and mothers for sure. So scroll back, tune in, It would mean the absolute world to me if you take a moment to leave a review, rate the podcast, jump over to Instagram, share it, it all, it means a lot to me and it's a completely independent podcast, so yeah, I love it and I appreciate it. hope that you have an amazing day and these tips were helpful.